welcome to Dating in the City, Season 6. We're the Conti sisters, matchmakers and co-founders of Matchmakers in the City, an old-school personal matchmaking firm headquartered here in Los Angeles, regularly featured on Access Hollywood, Forbes, Relevant Radio, and more. We've been celebrity matchmakers for 10 years, and now we're spilling all of our secrets about love and relationships to you. Hey, you guys, and welcome to Dating in the City. I'm Alessandra Conti. And I'm Christina Pineda. And we're so happy to be with you guys today. Oh, Christina, so close yet so far away. How are you today? Uh, The weekend, Alessandra came over and visited us in Nashville for the weekend and it was was heavenly it was so much fun yeah it was so heavenly Christina just your home is so beautiful and it's just it's just so lovely I'm so it just my brain is so at ease knowing what a lovely just I just feel like you're really you're really taken care of like the whole family is just so nestled in Nashville you know yeah it's true. Yeah. And there's, we have so much other family there too. Our mom bought a house down there. Dan's family bought a house down there. So there's been a, there's a bit of a migration. Um, and I was very opposed to like us kind of venturing into Nashville as a company with matchmakers in the city. But honestly, now after being there, I'm like, why not? Like, why not? I mean, I know why not. We're so incredibly busy in LA, but I'm just, I'm excited about the future. I'm really excited. Wonderful. So let's just jump right into the first segment. (laughs) Christina, you are not about small talk. You guys, that is so hysterical. Okay. Yes. So let's go right in. Go for it, Christina. Stars, they're just like us. In this segment, we discuss the top relationship-related stories in pop culture today and how to apply them to you in real life. You guys, so, oh my goodness. I thought I was like getting canceled um, a few days ago because all of a sudden I saw, and like we always get a lot of, a lot of submissions, um, but I was just kind of reviewing the submissions that we were getting. And it was like, all of a sudden, I mean, we always get really good men, but especially I was like, oh my goodness, we have these, this like onslaught of conservative, successful, attractive men. And I'm like, what is going on? So I was like, and then I remembered, oh my goodness, I just did an interview with Fox News. I was like, I wonder if that has something to do with it. So I just Google my name plus Fox News and I go to news and then I see the the headline, also celebrity matchmaker and dating expert Alessandra Conti enrages the NFL world by talking about Tom Brady and Giselle's marriage or something. And I'm like, and this was not from Fox News. Fox News just gave my interview in the most like respectful. It was a really good article. It was a very good article. Everyone should read it. 
Yeah, be sure to just check, just literally Google Alessandra Conti or even like Celebrity Matchmaker plus Fox News and it will pop up for you or Giselle and Tom plus Fox News plus all Anyway, so I, yeah, basically I had done this interview um, last week and this was, um, Christina, can you just kind of explain the Tom and Giselle situation? Okay, well... Tom and Giselle have been married for quite a few years now, and Tom recently, a few months ago, said that he was going to be retiring from the NFL. But finally, then, finally, after so you know such a successful, one of the most successful NFL careers, but then he went back on it and g- got back in the game. So Giselle did an interview with Elle, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, it was either Elle or Glamour or one of those. magazine. And she said, she discussed how she really wanted Tom to be more present with her and with their three children. And they've, this has been an ongoing conversation that they've had throughout the years so she was not happy that he was re-entering the NFL scene. He's missed a lot of special moments, birthday parties, and family funerals. Reunions, he funerals. and this is the thing. He both he and Giselle both said these things. Like I I did not just pull out of, you know, out of the sky that Giselle was frustrated. Um, she literally um, expressed that, like, there's a quote of her saying that, hold on one second, I'm, like, trying to look in the article, um, <clears throat> that, and but also, okay, okay, I also want to point out that one of the things that Fox specifically had asked me about was their initial um the initial, like the beginning of their relationship, because even though they've been married for 13 years, um, so their marriage almost didn't even happen because they had only been dating for two months. Okay. When she found out that his ex-girlfriend, Bridget Moynihan was pregnant with his child. So Tom and Bridget had dated um, in 2004, then ended their relationship in December 2006, just before she realized that she was pregnant. So they had wanted me, Fox wanted me to talk about, first of all, to ask me about like what my thoughts were about the inception of their relationship and kind of like what I would advise somebody in who was in the situation of like, say you just start dating this new guy and things are just so incredible. They're magical. And it's she just, said that she explained yeah. it, that Giselle was saying when I first met him, she said something about, I've never seen the most charming smile and mm-hmm. just, it was love at first sight for her. She said it was love at first sight. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, she totally, it was love at first sight. And I also commented on love at first sight and my thoughts about that, um, which as you guys know, if you listen to the podcast, I believe in lust at first sight. I do not believe in love at first sight. And I think it is um, really problematic and it keeps people in toxic relationships because uh, you do not know a person 
And when you deem it love at first sight, it ends up or somebody your soulmate on the first date or before you even get to know them. Like if you've been dating for one month and you're like, this is my soulmate, then it excuses bizarre, toxic behavior or it, 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 um, it can like your anxiety levels can go off the chart because you're trying to, Oh, sorry. Keep going. No, 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 no worries. What's up, Christina? Right. So your own, your own anxieties, you're putting pressure on yourself, Mm -hmm. but you're also putting pressure on the other person to, Mm -hmm. to fit this. And if you're allowing it to come out, if you're not just keeping it to yourself, you're putting pressure on the other person and that's not good. None of it is good. So anyway, um, I though explained that (laughs) in the article, I basically said that, you know, this is the exception and not the rule. Yes, their marriage has lasted 13 years. But if this situation happened to a non-Hollywood couple, I would encourage the couple to take a step back and really discern if starting a new relationship was the healthiest decision for everybody involved. And also I talked about how rebound relationships statistically do have an incredibly low probability of success, um, especially if you just jump right in to a serious, committed, exclusive relationship right after ending another serious, committed, exclusive relationship. Like you need breathing room. You need to come back to who you are. Um, but anyway, so that was my, that was my just inclination on that first. So that's even our in real life. Um, I wanted to, in real life, go through their relationship trajectory, um, and kind of advise a normal person if they were going through what Tom and Giselle went through, like what we would advise at like in date coaching, what we would say. So that was my perspective, Christina. If somebody, if I had done, if I was doing a date coaching session with a bachelorette who was like, I just started dating this guy. He's amazing. It was love at first sight. He's beautiful. He's smart. He's ambitious. But he just let me know that a woman that he had been dating for years just got pregnant. Um, and she's two months. She didn't know until two months and wait, did she know immediately or did she know two months into the relationship? Two months. No, she, um, Giselle found out when Bridget found out. So Bridget probably like missed a period and then didn't think anything of it and then took a pregnancy test and realized, oh my goodness, I'm pregnant. So they, but it, I mean, it's, there's potentially overlap there, but it appears that it had fully ended. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit hairy. Right. So Giselle didn't know this when she immediately started. No, no, no. She found out two months into the relationship. relationship. That's what I wanted to know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which does make it very difficult. And that's why we advise waiting at least three months before making a a relationship exclusive. That would be my tip number one for Giselle, if we could go back in time. And obviously when you have that kind of bomb dropped on you, it's going to take longer than three months to discern if you want to be in an exclusive relationship and if this person is actually ready to be in an exclusive relationship Mm -hmm. with you. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, she said that it was like, it was a really hard time for her and it was really difficult to say the least. Um, Her world was turned upside down. Of course, like imagine, I can just imagine that happening in a private situation, even like 
telling your girlfriends like, oh, this guy that I've been raving about, like imagine how just, I just, it's so upsetting. That would be upsetting. Like imagine you're like telling your friends all about this guy. You're so excited about him. And then two months in, he's like, oh, by the way, my ex just let me know that she's pregnant with our baby. Like, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness. I just, my heart really goes out to Giselle. But again, like this is in, in Hollywood, in Hollywood land. Like, yeah, it worked out because this is the exception and not the rule. But exactly. Like if we're advising like a, you know, a normal listener who could be going through something similar like this, that's what we would say for sure. Um, and anyway, so do, 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 so then we go on to, um, they have this beautiful marriage. Things do end up they have working out children and yes. they have, they, and Giselle takes in hit Tom's child yeah. with, Bridget as one of her own. Yeah, she's an amazing stepmother. She's just so, I mean, they, they, this is the thing. And this is something that I was talking about in a date coaching session um, with a bachelorette earlier today that, you know, in any decision that you make, God is going to support you and God, the universe, whatever you believe in, but you're going to be supported. So never worry. Like there's, yes, obviously if you decide to kill somebody, that was not objectively the right decision. So of course it's within reason, but when there are indecisions of the heart, I really am such a firm believer that, you know, you do your best to discern and to make the best decision that you can in that moment. And then trust that you're going to be supported through whatever that decision is that you end up making. So there's no right decision. There's no wrong decision, obviously within reason after a certain point and like the hierarchy of decisions, this is where free will comes in. And then, you know, God and the universe and whatever you believe in is going to just support you so much in whatever journey that you decide to go through. And sometimes, though, um, you will get very, you know, loud and definitive signs of like, hey, this choice that you're about to make may be fraught with a lot of heartache and it may be really, really hard. And I'm going to show you this. I'm going to show you that. I'm going to show you that. If you do decide to go down that road, it ain't going to be the easiest one. So you can still go down that road. But at the end of the day, God is going to, God's like, no, but I still got you. I just want you to know what you're getting yourself into. I'm still going to support you. I'm still here for you, but I want to show you everything. Um, But also sometimes you're not shown everything. Sometimes you go down thinking, you know, so anyway, all that to say, I just thought that that was a really cool, um, just, I think it's, it's, it's a really cool way of moving about the world in knowing, like, be not afraid you're supported and you're, you're doing great and everything's going to be okay. And whatever decision you decide to make, you're going to be supported and you'll have all the tools that you need um, in that. But anyway, that was a total, like I'm, I'm totally a siding. Um, Okay. But anyway, 
Um, now we're in with Tom and Giselle and, you know, they've been a power couple for 13 years. They have two kids together, stepchild. Public perception is that they are like the couple co-parenting. They have a modern family. It's like they're the couple. But then, of course, now there are all these rumblings that there's major trouble in paradise because Tom just Un, what is it called? Unretired, essentially. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, and the thing is that, um, you know, Tom had admitted, like what Christina was saying, he has his schedule is horrific. He's missed birthdays. He's missed weddings. He's missed funerals. He's missed so many firsts of his family. And this is what I said that you know, it, it appears his unretirement appears to be a huge hurdle. And while it, and Giselle literally expressed that while she supported Tom's decision, she would like him to be more present. And she said that we've had this conversation over and over again. I need you to be more present. This was literally a, a direct quote that she wants him to be more present. I um, want to talk a little bit about, sorry, Alessandra, you can yeah. thought. No, go for it. Well, L magazine. You little, were right. Christina. Okay. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the struggle for men who are the primary care, primary breadwinner because Giselle definitely took a step back from her modeling career to take care of her family. And Tom is the one who's bringing in the bacon, but not just bacon. He's bringing in tons of money. He also clearly is a perfectionist. He mm -hmm. only does things to the absolute best of his capabilities. Mm -hmm. And when he's focused, he doesn't let anything else get in the way of that. Okay. I am the breadwinner. I am I am my, my, the way I win my bread is through football. So everything else needs to be put to the side other than making the money and supporting my family. And that when you're a breadwinner, that can really be a struggle, but I want to advise all men that to try to achieve a balance in your life as much as possible and to know that, yes, making money is important to support your family, but what is more important is caring for your family. And part of that provider role is being able to be present to be an emotional support for your family. It is extremely difficult. And of course, if you're a military family, you know this because you're, you have to be away from each other for long periods of time. And there's just a lot of a lot of hardship that can come in with jobs, certain professions, but I advise families to really try to work towards a place where the husband and wife can spend as much time as possible together and that the father can be in the picture Present. as much as possible, mm -hmm. sometimes at the expense of money. And that's mm -hmm. okay. But I don't even think his primary at this point, Christina, it doesn't appear that Tom Brady's like, it's not about money anymore. 
You know, like I think for normal couples, I think in like normal society in real life, yeah, it is about money providing, but there hits a certain cap when they don't need the money. This is not about money. This is about Tom's career. This is about Tom's legacy. This is about Tom Brady being the number one football player in of all time. You know what I mean? This is like, he's like Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? Like this is Tom Brady. Like, you know, so this is a, this is his craft. This is who he is. This is his life. So I think that it makes it, it's a different level of, um, it's just, it's a, it's a really difficult, um, balancing act that somebody who has so much talent and that is in, you know, this is, this is an, an icon. He is he a, an icon. He does too. Yeah. Retire. You can't yeah. do that anymore at that level. He, he probably so, had such an identity crisis when he, re- yeah. when he claimed, said that he retired and he said, I'm just not ready to go through this yet. And I still have more to give. And why am I retiring just because I'm aging in that way? And like, it should be time for me to retire. So I actually, I understand where he's coming from of unretiring. I totally get it. Um, That transition must be incredibly difficult. But at the same time, I think from Giselle's perspective, she's saying like, you've done an amazing job. I've supported you all these years. All I'm asking is for you to be present with me. And she probably was Mm. so excited. They've probably had, you know, countless conversations about this. Finally, this is the year that he's going to retire. She's probably so ready. And then imagine he then says it and then he takes it away. And she's probably taking that personally. And that's why I said that, so that's why my quotes are that right. they Which need open communication. Yeah. Or resentment may kick in and I'm sure that it already has like, you know, like I, I, you know, I, 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 I said, if they forget why they made the arrangement, it can leave the, Oh no, 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 That wasn't me. That was the, they also interviewed a celebrity divorce lawyer, Chris Melcher, who of, apparently, even though he said the same words that I did, did not enrage the NFL community, um, according to this other article. Um, but anyway, so I said, I basically said, da, 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 da. Um, okay, what was my final thing? It's like, Tom's unretirement appears to be another huge hurdle for the pair. Giselle expressed it while she supported Tom's, uh, she, might, she wanted him to be more present. Okay, Conti said, she... Also, I also explained that this is a recurring conversation, which shows that she has struggled with his incredibly packed schedule. He even admitted to having missed countless birthdays, funerals, and a lot of firsts for the family. Balancing career and family life are major challenges for couples, even out of the limelight, and they can push a couple to their breaking point. Wait, did I even say that they, wait, this is, if they misquoted me, I'll die. Um... But yeah, I mean, basically, okay, I thought that I said can lead to resentment. Oh my gosh, wait. Oh, oh, no, 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 I did say that. Okay, things could go multiple ways for Tom and Giselle. Conti said this to me. I believe that they are strong enough as a couple to work through the setback, but open communication and a new set of expectations will be essential for them moving forward or resentment may kick in for Giselle. Yeah, she's probably, of course, how is that? Christina, how is that enraging the NFL community? 
Come on. I don't know. But yeah, but I but I think that that's so good, Christina, though, though, for real couples, like open communication is essential and and just being open about what you want in a in your partnership. That's that's so huge. And um, but yeah, it is really right. difficult. How you're feeling and during yeah. whatever season you're going in, into, even if one of the people seems to be totally fine with it, because it seems like Tom. He's, this is just typical 80% yeah. or guy. He just, he does his thing and he's right back in his normal way with his wife. Just nothing has changed. Yeah. That's, he's just excited to be with her. Whereas a woman, you were away all this time and we, I haven't communicated anything to you. I don't feel the same right now. I need to. A lot of women need time and space with the man and that quality time to be able to feel more intimate with him. Whereas guys are just, most guys, and this is a generalization, but I've seen this to be very true, can just pop back. And after even a man coming back from from being in the military, just, oh yeah, things are back to normal. Whereas women usually take a lot longer and that Sorry. men need to be patient with women yeah. during that time because it's not, they don't react. Women don't react the same way that men do. So yes. there's just there's a lot for women. There's a lot more to intimacy, to getting that emo- back, into emotional intimacy back that you need and then need to be paid and usually time and quality time will spending time together doing things together will build that back it will yeah but that's why I pray that Tom whatever he decides and will really make an effort to well get to know so the update, the update is that they've both now hired divorce attorneys. So that's what every news organization is saying. And that's really upsetting. And it's just upsetting because it's, I mean, if, listen, there is also rumblings about cheating allegations and blah, 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 blah. And they've grown apart and it's basically, you know, but I, I, if this is the, if this is the reason, I mean, it maybe the straw that broke the camel's back, but it's also just, yeah, it's really upsetting because they are clearly an incredible couple. They've dealt with so much in the past and, Mm. you know, I, I, it's just, I'm, I'm disappointed in Tom for just not stepping it up, um, to be completely honest. And, and, you know, it's, it's, and kind of choosing his career, you know, he chose, he made his choice. Listed again by the Oh God, I know you guys. I'm sorry, NFL community. I love you all. I'm a big supporter of men in general and women that (laughs) like sports. (laughs) Oh God, I know. Most of the time, sometimes a little not. Anyway, let's move on to our next story, Christina. Great. So Bachelor, Clayton, and Susie cite communication styles as the reason for their split and back hmm. bachelor backlash. Okay. So I haven't watched the bachelor in God only knows how long, but I think that this is such a fabulous conversation. Wait, you haven't, Alessandra? I do not watch the bachelor anymore. 
I have I'm not watched The Bachelor in maybe three years. Yeah. It's since Chris Harrison got kicked off because of all the Rachel drama. I have not watched that The Bachelor. I loved uh-huh. Chris Harrison. I thought that he brought a an elegance and a level of sincerity to the show. And I think also just back in the day, The Bachelor, it wasn't all... Now it's all people that want to be famous and influencers. Mm-hmm. And it's not genuine. It's just not genuine. Back in the day, like, these were people that were, like, they wanted to find love. Like, they were genuinely, like, they were in it and it was so real it was so authentic they weren't just trying to get followers and like you know be a, an instagram influencer and quit their normal right. jobs these were yeah. real people who went on tv to and find most, love. most of them you had but yeah. and if someone did do that they were slammed and alessandra actually interviewed west from Jones. <laughs> i think that was like country. an early career highlight an internship highlight Which is so funny because I interned at Fox News back in college and now they're interviewing me, which is like such a beautiful cyclical moment, Mm -hmm. full circle moment, full circle moment. Um, But anyway, okay. So this bachelor Clayton, oh my God, I just, this man just greets from what I've seen of him because I watched a tiny portion of an episode because I had to speak on it on some TV show. And, oh, no, yeah, I had to speak on it because he had claimed that he was in love with um, three women at the same time. He told three women that he loved them at the same time. Like, bless you, Clayton, what is wrong with you? Oh, my God. And But then those two girls ended up becoming the Bachelorettes, so they ended up, like having it was a win-win situation except for Clayton but Clayton just he comes off as so disingenuous and so melodramatic like if he is authentically that emotional I just I was I was like what is going on so in real life the question emotionally and then 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 they would talk in the in the article and in an interview that they did about their relationship and their breakup they basically just said that their relationship just had become a series of these really intense emotional conversations that were just so intense and finally they they would understand what each other was saying but it would be after hours of just oh. emotional like like emotional diarrhea, like spewing at each other. So I wanted to talk emotionally draining relationships. Are they worth it? When you hear a couple, Christina, that is constantly having these long emotional heart to hearts that last hours worth it or no? Definitely and no. And if it's an occasional, you go through something together and that is normal. If you have to have a few conversations about what happened, but the general just way of the relationship should be mostly positive and uplifting. Mm-hmm. And those, there will be valleys, but they shouldn't be all the time. You shouldn't always be in that one place and just slogging through mud. 
And it sounds like that's mm-hmm. what the, their relationship had become. Mm-hmm. I have seen some of these relationships just because it is just such an emotional thing that people think, oh, we're really in love. And then they end up. It's trauma bonding. And it just, it's, it's never changes. If this is what it is right now, yeah. it's not going to get better when you're married. It's just going to probably be worse because. Yeah you're stuck and you're living with each other constantly and oh oh so yeah if someone's personality is bringing out that side of you all the time not a good fit it's so true and that's I think like different people I love what you just said Christina because I I think that as if you're as you're dating right now just recognize that different people are going to bring out different elements of your personality, right? Like, of course you are who you are, but there are different people that kind of trigger certain elements of your personality and some trigger more of those negative elements of your personality for whatever reason. It's just, and it's a lot of these things are not even like intellectual, like you can't even intellectualize them. Certain people just bring out the worst in you or they bring out the melodramatic side of you or the super dramatic, like, but other people just don't, don't push those same buttons and they'll bring out the more playful side of you, the lighter side of you. So it is exactly figuring out where do you want to live? Where do you want to be? But I think also emotionally draining relationships are, um, they're especially volatile and like exhausting mentally and physically exhausting because after you reach that denouement or like after you, you reach that end, you do feel so much better, but it's kind of like, then, then, then it keep, if it keeps happening, if it's like, once a week, something insane happens and you have to have these long emotional conversations. And then just to feel that resolution, it does become a cycle and it becomes addicting. It's an emotional addiction. Mm-hmm. So, um, and those highs and lows, and that's where a lot of toxicity and toxic relationships are kind of birthed out of. It's like guised as, oh, we're so emotionally open with each other. But also it could be, you know, it, it's a, it's a not, not great cycle. And I, yeah, I think a healthy relationship, like you said, is kind of like 80 or 90%, like generally positive. And then maybe 10%, you have to have those hard conversations. But I think if those really emotionally, if you are emotionally drained more than like once every couple months or once every two months, I don't know. I just don't think it's worth it at all. Having been there, it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. You're better off alone. So anyway, let's move on. So let's move on to sisterly advice. Every week we answer a listener's burning question and every week we give them advice that only your sister would give you. Hi, Allie and Christina. I am recently single after a really intense four-year relationship. I was in my 20s the last time that I was single, and now I am am in my early 30s. Definitely want all of the things, marriage and kids, but I'm scared to get on the dating apps and just feel overwhelmed with all of it and feeling honestly like a failure, even though I gave my last relationship my all. 
Do you have any advice for someone who is re-entering into the dating world from flirty, 30, and suddenly single? Oh my gosh, sister. Oh, okay. Well, first of all, listener, I'm so proud of you and excited about this new chapter for you. Um, And I feel as though this is like seeing into my soul, like we're in a very similar, um, we're in a very similar chapter. So know that I see you, I get you. And I think also one of the really cool parts about this podcast is that um, you have me who is, and for the listeners that don't know, um, I too was in a really intense, mine was a three-year relationship. And I did also become, um, I also did go through a breakup a few months ago. Um, so I so understand this. Um, and one of the cool parts is that Christina is an, in such a different life stage. Like Christina is married. She's happily married. Um, she has little Austin, um, another, oh, we, we didn't, we haven't. We didn't announce him. <laughs> yes. A little Austin is also here as well. You guys, he just, he's on, he's on the, he's on the recording. Um, you can't hear him, but he's, I can visually see him because we do this on zoom, but anyway, so we're into, you're getting two very different perspectives from different life stages. And, um, I can totally like everything you're saying, I completely relate to you. Um, I think it's so hard when you become single, like after you've given you're all to a relationship and it just doesn't work out. And when you're at that place where you're like, okay, I kind of am in that chapter where everyone else is getting married and having kids, you can kind of try to force a square peg into a round hole. Um, and I'm just, I'm so proud of you that you were able to step away from that situation, um, that wasn't right for you. So first of all, first and foremost, I'm so proud of you. And I personally know how difficult that is. Um, however it happened and whatever the circumstances are that surround like why the breakup had to happen. Um, having been through this myself very recently, I can give you incredibly just real world practical ways, um, of moving forward and also of just like how to really thrive and enjoy this beautiful time and this beautiful moment that you have. Um, I think that there is so much fear surrounding, um, surrounding the idea of being single, especially after you turn 30, it's like, oh my gosh, like I should have met the guy already. Like I should have already met him. I should be planning my wedding, not planning my dating app profile. Um, but know that this journey, like everyone's journey looks differently and, you know, not saying that not everyone who's married with kids is not like in a great relationship, but a lot of them aren't. So it's a lot better to have kind of figured this out before you had to, before getting children involved. Um, and if, even if you do have children, it's just, I'm so excited that you are now free. So take time 
to mourn, um, take time to like, I have literally a list of things. Like after I got this question, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm more than happy to kind of give you my single girl survival guide. Um, that has been like so helpful for me. So first and foremost, take time to mourn. Um, and don't be ashamed of your feelings. And if you have to cry, cry. If you have to oversleep, oversleep. If you have to, what literally whatever you have to do um, to feel your feelings, go for it because you have to feel them in order to heal them. Um, and I know that like for me, like the, the worst part is trying to not feel anything or like trying to just, you know, circumvent the whole healing process. Um, so remember you have to feel it to heal it and don't be scared of the feeling. The only way that you can heal from it is to go through it. Um, so go through it and you will get out on the other side, even though when you're in it, you feel like you're not, but I'm telling you, there's such a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I'm telling you that, um, my next piece of advice is to be selfish and I want you to take your self-care to the absolute next level. Um, this means weekly massages. This means I don't care. Yeah, of course. Weekly massages. You can just... You need to. <laughs> Christine, you've never been through this. You don't understand. It's it's it, it's in your body. This it, it 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 is like launched in your body. So I really am a believer that massages are so healing because it helps to like extract this like this traumatic energy and it helps to just be like, no, like I've got you and it's very healing. Um really well, just take with a creepy masseuse. Okay. Yes. Unless of course you're with a creepy masseuse, which, um, hopefully you don't find yourself in that situation. I've um, never gotten a massage and I just think I'd be creeped out the whole time. You've never gotten a massage. I don't think so. Maybe I have, I just don't remember it, but Christina, don't, don't knock it. Don't you can, no, you cannot knock it until you try it. I'm someone who's basically getting weekly massages at this point, And it has been so helpful for, it's just so helpful for every element of life. Um, also, okay. So it's, it's taking self-care to the next level. And even if it's literally like getting, just doing all these little things to just bring joy into your life. Even if it's like lighting candles around your home or um, even like at the spa, they have this. Um, so at the Ritz Carlton spa and at Burke Williams, they have this spray that you spray in the shower and it's this eucalyptus spray. And it basically makes your shower like a eucalyptus like spa. So it makes it like a eucalyptus steam room. It's amazing. And so if you can't, can't afford to go to the spa, literally get this spray and spray it in your shower. But like, are you in, advocating weekly Ritz Carlton stays as well? I, I mean, yes, if that is doable, a hundred percent, like little staycations are wonderful. But even if you book a massage at the Ritz Carlton, then you just stay there and enjoy. Um, but yeah, just doing little day trips and really spending time reconnecting to you. Um, your time could be in nature. Like I'm a bougie self-care person, but you could also do self-care in nature. Um, that's free. 
um, music, like listening to music, playing music. Music is also great because it gets your feelings out. Like it's, it just like, uh, I just want you to know, like, it's okay to feel and getting them out is really important. Um, and then also next, um, join a women's group or start one. So something that I did when I was going through like the thick of, you know, my like destruction, um, was just going through a really hard time. And then also with Christina moving was just like such a horrible time for me. I just said, I need support from women who are going through it kind of like I am. So, um, and I had been doing all of this, like just all of this psychology studying and like learning about reprogramming the brain because I thought that something was horribly wrong with me. And why am I not happy all the time? Like I used to be and blah, 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 blah. blah. So I, I did a lot of research on my own and I wanted to just walk alongside women that would also help to support me in all of this. And so I started a women's group. Um, and it's really not difficult. Um, there are so many different Facebook groups that are city focused. Um, there was one that was focused in LA and I just put out a, um, I just said, Hey ladies, I'm starting a women's group for every Tuesday night. If you want to join, let me know. I can have 10 people. Um, and then I ended up getting hundreds of responses from it. And that women's group ended up like has become such a pillar in my life. Um, those women are absolutely incredible. Um, and I just really encourage you to develop your female relationships and your female friendships, um, even before, or as you're starting to date again, knowing that men can come and go, but when you have a really solid foundation of feminine energy, female support, female love, um, and just friends and community, that is your pillar. Family, of course, but that element of community is so huge, especially as you're starting over. Um, and then also set up a photo shoot with an amazing photographer near you. Um, or even if you have a friend that takes photos or just ask a friend, be like, Hey, listen, I want to do a photo shoot for my online dating profile. Um, then literally make that, like, I want you to just start thinking about the fun and fabulous, um, fabulous parts of your upcoming future. And one of those things is that, honey, you're about to go on a lot of dates and they're going to be so much fun. And you're about to meet so many incredible, fascinating, attractive, some unattractive men. Um, but setting up a photo shoot is going to give you the best, the best it's a, that's the best of all worlds because you can try to, you can like fixate your brain on figuring out different outfits that you can wear. Um, and that's really good, especially when you're going through something to have something really exciting that you're looking forward to. And this is going to be really helpful in attracting your future partners. Um, and I say partners because I do not want you to jump into a relationship immediately. That is the worst thing that you could possibly do for yourself and for your brain and for your healing process. Um, I, as you're listing these things, yes. I just wanted to bring to the attention of some male listeners, if they're still listening, <laughs> <to this portion. laughs> it's okay. <laughs> that 
would you advise this a roughly similar process? Because I'm thinking about mm-hmm. Tom Brady right now. Yeah. And he had ended that relationship with, with Bridget Moynihan right before he found out that she was pregnant. But would this have been a good way for him to to cope after yeah, after, after his that relationship instead of jumping straight into another one or literally every single thing that I'm saying, a man can apply this, like starting a men's group like that. Yes. A man can apply everything that I'm saying, planning a photo shoot, picking out different outfits. Like th- this is, these are all things that have a few less desires to pick out outfits. I know, but there, but it's all applicable to men as well. I just am specifically talking to this listener who happens to be a female. Um, and I know we do have a lot of female listeners, but we do also have a lot of male listeners. Okay. I have a few more to do. And I just wanted to say one more thing about the men situation. Yeah. That what if someone like Tom Brady met his future wife during this process. So I guess while you're going through this process, if you meet someone who's a really incredible person, that's fine. But Alessandra's just saying, don't be exclusive quickly. Let the relationship date that person and date other people as well. You need time before making a relationship exclusive, but what if Tom had said that to Giselle? That's, I don't think that that's bad. I think he should have done that. I think, I I think it's, I think it's really self-destructive to jump into another relationship as soon as you end one. I I just do. I think it's, it's self-destructive. You need time. You need time. I don't care who it is. I don't care if you're Tom Brady. I don't care if you're Giselle. I don't care who you are. You need time. You need to take a minute. You need to take a beat. And if you meet, if your future husband or future wife is really supposed to be your future husband or future wife, they can wait a couple months and, you know, you won't have to then, because the problem with immediately jumping into another relationship is then you, your entire, it's actually psychologically, it's there's psychology behind this. I'm not just spewing. Um, you're, it, when you jump right into another relationship, your entire serotonin, um, like like the way that you're achieving and experiencing joy and happiness is then going to be pushed onto this other relationship and this other person. And if you jump right in, you're going to feel ashamed for feeling the negative feelings that you're feeling about your ex because it's not only negative feelings. You're going to feel love. You're going to feel sadness. You're going to feel remorse. You're going to feel regret. You're going to feel all the different emotions. But when you jump right into another relationship, you're going to shame yourself for having those feelings. um, And then you're not going to be able to feel them and then AKA to heal them. And it's going to stunt your healing process. So that's why it's essential. It's just essential. I would... Honestly, if if I could, like, I, I won't go through my whole saga, but I'm telling you guys this because I don't want you to go through what I went through, to be completely honest. Um, 
But yeah, you need to feel it to heal it. And when you have another person in the equation, especially if you actually care about the person, and if you do see a future with them or you think that they're the perfect person for you, you're going to then shame yourself for going through the feelings um, that you're going to feel and you're going to have to feel and you're going to have to go through them. So allow yourself, give yourself that moment, give yourself that time. And also to tell you that once you get out of a relationship, you are at your most vulnerable state. So that person that you may be attracted in that in that zone of vulnerability is not necessarily the best person for you. You because you're right now your energy field if when you're right out of a relationship, you are raw. You are at the lowest point and you're going to then attract like, like, we don't know what you're attracting down there. So I want you to raise your frequency, get back to your normal, get back to bit, get back to even better, a, be- a better space than you were. And then you can attract somebody and actually be able to enjoy it and be able to really thrive in it. Yeah. So just being in that space and enjoying that single time, but I'm Really excited for you just in this new chapter. I know that it can seem super daunting to be single after you hit 30 because you're like, oh my goodness, like everyone around me is getting married and has found their person and is starting to have kids. And um, the pressure seems like at an all time high. Um, But I will also tell you that there's no better time for you to be dating than when you are in this chapter because you know yourself so much better um, and you've really, you've come so far and you've dated a lot. So you already kind of know what works, what doesn't work. um, And you're at this just really cool space. So focus on you. um, And then once you are ready to start dating, really just enjoy all of these different energies of men. Um, because men, men, like men are great. Like, you know, like there's a lot of, I think that a lot of the drama comes in because there's just a lot of misunderstanding and there's, you know, with, with a masculine energy comes a lot. Um, and it's very different than women. Like the way that men operate is very different than the way that women operate. Um, so as you're in this new chapter, um, once you are ready to start dating, I would definitely encourage you to, um, work with one of our matchmakers. This isn't even like a plug, but it kind of is, but I think like working with somebody in, in a date coaching context, um, can be really helpful because obviously like for me as a matchmaker and having done this for 10 years, you know, when I was in that space of, oh my goodness, I'm single again. I just utilized all the skills that I had learned through working with our bachelorettes, through working with our matchmakers and I implemented them. And then I ended up literally just going on the most magical dates, meeting the most incredible men, just being blown away 
away by the quality that's out there and just really genuinely enjoying being single and enjoying being in this chapter of, you know, not knowing exactly who my person is and what the future holds. But it is such a deliberate mindset shift. And it also, there are there are skills and there are tools that you can use. Um, and you can also, I mean, I'm happy to, you don't, you don't have to work with one of the other matchmakers. You can hire me as your coach and I can work you through, I can walk you through just like all the different things and get you in that positive mindset. Um, but it is a daily thing. Um, it is a daily reminder to, um, it is reprogramming the way that your brain is, um, is thinking about being single and is thinking about men, um, and is thinking about your future. And really just, it takes a daily, like I love a daily meditation. I do one as soon as I wake up. Um, and it just programs, it just helps my brain's neuro pathways to kind of seek that positive as opposed to, those, you know, those lower vibrating, like energies of fear and, you know, lack. But when you come from that place of supply and of knowing that there are so many incredible men out there, like truly there really are. I mean, Christina, we've been doing this for 10 years and, you know, I'm every day I'm blown away. I was literally just telling you about a new client that we have that I need to meet in person because he's next level, incredible, amazing, like, I cannot wait to meet this man in person because I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to match make this man. And I want to get to know him so that I can really, you know, be scouting and know what he's looking for and get his, you know, get his body language and understand who he is. Um, but there are so many incredible men out there. So do not worry. Welcome to this exciting chapter of your life. Um, something that I will leave you on is that if you want to be in a relationship and if you want to have kids, that is going to happen. Like when you, when you have that desire planted within you and you are dating in a deliberate way and we are taking those steps to make it happen, you're going to have that. It's there. It's there for you. It will happen for you. But just you can either enjoy the process to getting there or you can go in kicking and screaming and not enjoy the process. And that won't yield success. Like that will just, that will yield, you'll be miserable until, you know, so just know that it's going to happen for yeah, you. And that might, that won't lead you to your goal. That yeah. Attitude. But I, I am a firm believer though, that it's going like, cause I have a few different girlfriends who were miserable single and then they found their person and they were like oh my gosh I just wish I would have enjoyed this the time that I was single right. and not putting so much pressure because I'm just I have to believe like there are you know there are a few things that I really just genuinely believe and I do believe that you wit like if you have the desire for marriage and children and you're dating you will find that you know um, and you, I just believe that I do. I really do. Um, so anyway, I'm so excited for you though. Welcome. Congratulations for getting out of the wrong relationship and something that was pulling you down. Welcome to this beautiful land of exciting men who want to get to know you, who you can really enjoy and figure out that, figure out who you are in this chapter and enjoy being with her. 
Um, because you still have plenty of time for marriage and kids. Enjoy being single. Okay, let's move on. We couldn't help but wonder, as sisters, we grew up watching Sex in the City. Now, as personal matchmakers in 2022, we are living in a very different dating landscape than the ladies once were. In this segment, we debate each question that Carrie couldn't help but wonder, episode by episode through today's lens. And this is season four, episode 16, Ring-a-ding-ding. Okay, so what Carrie couldn't help but wonder, at the end of yet another failed relationship, you have to wonder, what's it all worth? So um, this is actually such a perfect, like, kind of um, sister to what we were just talking about, um, sister episode to what we we're just talking about. But anyway, um, Carrie is out of her relationship with Aiden. Praise be just, I'm sorry, praise be like, I'm sorry if you're getting hives in a wedding dress and hives when you put on your wedding ring and just major anxiety, he ain't the one. Okay. I'm sorry. It just, it is like, no. Um, but anyway, so Carrie is about to be, um, her apartment's going co-op. She needs to get together $40,000, um, but she doesn't have it. And she wonders where it all went. And then she realizes that she spent $40,000 on her shoe collection. Um, and then Samantha is um, just starting to um, date Richard, um, and he begins to give her gifts. So he gives a Chanel bag and like all these other luxury gifts to Samantha, but he writes in the card, best Richard. And mm -hmm. so she'll open the gift and then she'll read the card and it will be like, so here you are, gorgeous, best Richard. So she's really annoyed and she doesn't know. She's like, oh, best. That's so impersonal. Charlotte um, is single as we have, as we know, she and, and um, what's his name? Uh, Trey have officially broken off their marriage. Um, but she still has her wedding ring and she wants to get the wedding ring converted into a necklace, but she just freaks out and definitely is not ready for that. Um, and then Carrie goes and sees big, um, to see if she can get a loan from him. And he immediately is like, of course I will here. And he writes a check to her for $40,000. Oh, listen, I love a, I love a man that'll, I'll just write a check. Oh, bless Big. I really enjoy Big. And you know what? On it, no, okay, no, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. Anyway, and then um, but Miranda and Samantha are like absolutely not. They would rather give her the money than and so then carry like then they tear up the check. Um, Charlotte has all this money. And so she's even volunteering at a museum and she has this amazing apartment that Trey left her in the divorce. Um, so then Carrie gets a little weird and frustrated about Charlotte not offering to lend her the money, but Charlotte in what I think is, you know, normal is like, Hey, this is $40,000. I'm a friend and you don't want to mix friends, no, loaning don't. friends money. Um, Definitely. but anyway, yeah. So finally then Samantha, it's so funny. Um, Samantha realizes that, uh, 
that Richard actually isn't buying any of the gifts and that it's his personal shopper. It's his gay personal shopper, Roger. So, um, and that he also is writing all the cards. So Samantha says to, um, to Roger, can you write love love Richard because she sees him in the act of like putting a gift down for Samantha. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, okay, I won't tell Richard that I saw you, that I know this, but in the next card, can you write love Richard? Um, So spoiler alert, then um, Richard, she reads the card out loud after she gets like some lavish gift. And she says, love Richard. And then he says, yes, darling, I do love you. So he does love her. Um, okay. And then Miranda, then something about multiple orgasms and no strings attached. So then Charlotte gives um, the ring to Carrie for the down payment. So then the contract is signed. So um, Charlotte ultimately does give the funds to Carrie through the wedding ring. Anyway, all that to say, Christina, what is your take on all of everything that I just processed with you? Well, I guess the question is at the end of yet another failed relationship, you have to wonder what's it all worth. Mm-hmm. And I guess they're talking about this, the whole apartment thing. And I mean, Carrie should definitely downsize and stop spending all that money on shoes. <laughs> no, but it's not down downsizing. She lives in like a studio apartment. It's Wait, just didn't she have to, they knock the wall down to another one though. They were about to. They oh, were so about they didn't to. Actually. Okay. No, they were about to. And but why is she forty thousand dollars in debt then? Because well, not in debt. She's not in debt. She just had spent. She was like, "Why don't I have forty thousand dollars laying around?" And they said, why "Oh, you spent it that? on shoes. It's for the down payment for the apartment because the apartment was renting. But then it was like, oh, it's going co-op. So then she was gonna buy. She wants to oh, buy into I the co-op. See. So the down payment is only I for. See. I know okay. it. It seems really that low. Is, yeah, that is a, okay. That is a much better thing than what I thought she was doing. Okay, no, she's not oh, in debt. She just I yeah. See. It's just it was kind of like she's been through all of these relationships and she doesn't even have. It's like." She she has nothing to show for it because she can't even shell out 40k for you know what I mean because she was like you know why can't I even afford that and so yeah it's like it's yeah it that's, hits yeah that's yeah that's harrowing it is harrowing and I that's why we recommend our bachelors and bachelorettes to date in a way that is that is very what, fiscally responsible, <laughs> but she did it, Christina. It's also... not like she wasn't dating willy nilly. She dated with she was dating with intention. She just got freaked out, and Aiden wasn't the right match for her. No, I know, but she knew that Aiden wasn't the right match for her for a long time, and she just kept staying with him. She wanted she to give him a shot. Around with big, it just it, it's. Not in the second time, not the second time that they got back together. The second time that they got back together, it was a genuine, she gave it a real go. I mean, yes, she cheated on on Aiden with Big, which is like, bless, like why? But, you know, I mean, the second time though, she did give it a real go. It just, they realized that he, she didn't want to get married to him. Um, So it's, I, I just think it's a process. I think it's like, you know, there's, you know, even if you come out of a relationship with, 
you know, and that's why a lot of women actually stay in relationships though, because they're like, oh my gosh, well, I've invested so much. And Mm -hmm. if I leave, I won't be able to get, you know, I won't be able to have the down payment for a home or for whatever. Or if I leave, I won't be able to. So I I do think that this is really um, topical. And especially when you're Um, if you are like, I think Carrie is like 35 or 36. So she's at that age where it's like, okay, well, why don't I just stay? And, you know, I, I could get all of this, but she chose. And I feel like also it was almost at a point with Carrie where like, she couldn't do that. Like it was so aggressively not right for her that, and I feel like though that does happen in real life, like you can just push yourself so much towards something that isn't aligned with you ultimately. And then just, but you just, the buck has to stop somewhere. And sometimes it's literally physically your body rejecting the experience, even if you're verbally and your mind is saying, oh, let me, let me do this. But a lot of times you can just like physically reject that experience, but I don't think she's left with nothing. I mean, even just the ability that, you know, she wrote sex and like she wrote the book, you know, that in, in this episode or in this series, she had written, you know, she wrote, Sex in the City, like the uh, all of her articles, and that helps so many women navigate dating. And so it's not for nothing, right? Like she isn't going, she didn't go through all of that for nothing. Like all of these women are relating to her. So I, so I want to just say that in for for Carrie, like no, it's not for nothing. It's like you're learning, you're growing. This is life, you know. Right, and money comes and goes. Mm-hmm. So. Don't make decisions based on money. That's yes. what I would say is the bottom line of this. Yeah. And then it's so funny because she ends up, you know, episodes later, because now I'm I'm actually physically watching it again. Um, spoiler alert, we'll get into this, but she ends up, oh no, she hadn't got, she didn't get her book deal yet. But episodes later, she ends up getting like, you know, an amazing book deal and a great advance. And you know what I mean? So like financially she was ultimately, she, it did show for something, right? Like even financially, like it did make a huge difference. Um, follow follow the way that is right for your life, which means letting go of things that are giving you that kind of anxiety that she was going Mm -hmm. through that not to be afraid, not to make decisions out of fear, decisions out of love. And also it is love for yourself as well. And that you deserve to have a, to be happy with someone and not feeling anxiety every time you're with that person. Mm -hmm. And to be at peace, a hundred percent. Your peace is priceless. Mm -hmm. It is priceless. It's so funny. Also, I was just having a conversation with a bachelorette and she was telling me how in her previous relationship, um, she had so much anxiety Mm -hmm. that she went to a psychiatrist. She got medication, went on the medication and then As soon as that relationship ended, she, well, the medication didn't really work well, but as soon as the relationship ended, her anxiety went away. 
And I, I was connecting with her because I feel like I hear this so frequently. And then, and like we medicate, people medicate themselves. I mean, I personally have never done, I've never done that. Um, and I don't shame anybody that does because I know how crippling it can feel when you have bad anxiety because I had it as well. Um, when I was doing things that were not in alignment with who, with what I knew was right for me. And so I think that for me, my barometer of like, I am usually anxiety free. Like usually that's not something that I struggle with. So I was just relating so heavily with her because she said, as soon as I got out of the relationship, all of these kind of mental health issues. Yeah. They, they didn't just automatic. Well, yeah. A lot of them just kind of went away and it was so freeing and so beautiful. Um, and now she is in a new relationship. She took time to heal and really like worked on herself and she's pretty religious. So she was like, you know, went to church and she ended up meeting her now, um, partner in church, which is so cute. Um, but I, I just, I was listening to her and I was like, yes, honey. Yes. Like what is, what is right for you is not going to give you aggressive levels of anxiety a little bit here and there. Of course we're human beings, but again, if that overriding, if it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier, if that, if it's like, you know, 80% or 90%, you're freaking out, feeling like, oh my God, what is going on? Ah, like the emotional ups and downs and like those really intense conversations. And then that high, the low, da, 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 da. like that's not right. Um, maybe like a 10% of that. Okay. That's normal. Right, Christina? Yep. I think that's a great rule of thumb. Fantastic. Okay. So let us move on to catching up with the Contis. Alessandra, would you like me to go first? Yes. Why don't you please go first, Christina? Okay. So I'm unsure when this is going to be posted, but tomorrow, which is Thursday, October 6th, I will be on the Relevant Radio show, Trending with Timory. Yay. You can listen to that on the radio or on the Relevant Radio app, and it's 4 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern. I'm excited to talk with Timory. It's the marriage hour. So we'll be talking about a lot of things, but dating relationships. Ooh, the marriage dating. hour. How yes. exciting. Yes, but we'll be, we talk about dating things and, and yeah. dating apps. And we might be talking about the most common lies that people have on their dating app profiles. And, Ooh. Yeah. I think age. And also if somebody has, is from a different country and they, they like change their name. That's what I have down too. <laughs> and just the detriments of doing that. And if you should continue dating someone who lied or not. Remember so, I dated a guy who like literally his name was something very Middle Eastern, which I would have loved because I right. love Middle Eastern men. Um, and he changed his name to something so like generic, but then I was literally like on my date with him and I just kept calling him his fake name. And then he was like, uh, by the way, it was so weird. What a creep. Yeah. Ew. Ah, um, yeah, so amazing. Going on, and then everyone can see on my Instagram, the big news that we just released last week on my last post. Christina, do you want to tell me? And I am, yes, I'll tell the listeners. You can see what I look like now because I'm pregnant with my second, with our second child. Yay! 
and I'm, I'm not announcing the gender yet. No, we will be doing that as a separate post. So make sure to keep posted on my at matchmaker Christina Pineda, and that's spelled C R I S T I N A. Okay. So that's amazing, Christina. I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited. You look so adorable. Um, Yes. Can't wait. An auntie twice, twice auntie, auntie squared. Um, I'm ready to just be the, the auntie yet again. Um, yes. I mean, my catching up with the Contis. Yeah. You guys, I was in Santa Barbara. I stayed at the Ritz Carlton, Baccarat. Speaking of. <laughs> Bacari or Baccarat, whatever. It was, I think, a Baccarat. Advice for the ladies. <laughs> Yes, but no, it was, yeah, exactly. I got a massage, of course, and it was my birthday weekend. So I did that for my birthday weekend. And then I went on a private plane on the day of my actual birthday. And I got like just taken all around Santa Barbara. And and then we went into LA. It was so magical. You can see the video I made a little reel on at Matchmaker Alessandra Conti. Um, And then I had a very intimate, um, really, really special birthday um, dinner for my closest, closest girls and gays. Um, no straight men were allowed. They've caused enough drama in my life this year. Um, but it was so amazing. It was in Beverly Hills at Vivian at the Avalon Hotel. They just did such an incredible job. And it was like small plates and and just cake. And the cake ended up exploding. But like, it is what it is. But yeah, it was just so special to just bring together, you know, all of my just my support system and my girls and my best, my best guy friends as well. So yeah, it was really just such a special time. So I'm a year older. Um, and yeah, I feel really good. I'm really enjoying this chapter. Um, so anyway, you guys, thank you so much for catching up with us today. Um, we're sending you guys the biggest hug and we're so proud of you and wherever you are in your dating journey, um, we are like, we'll be here for you. You know, we'll be here for you most every other week. Sometimes we're a little toddy for the party, but we will circle back, um, and make sure to get you up an episode just as soon as we can. Um, so yeah, sorry, you guys that we're a little bit off. We just have had the most crazy, just the most hectic couple weeks. Um, busy time. All right, you guys, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Dating in the City. For more information on how to be matched by one of our matchmakers, visit www.matchmakersinthecity.com. 